0: Take our Bibles and turn to 2 Samuel chapter 23. While you're turning, I want to say I'm thankful to be here tonight and uh, certainly have enjoyed the good singing and the preaching tonight. I don't know anybody that, did, that does not need the message we just heard. Amen. And uh, I tell you, I love Brother Fleur. I always enjoy his preaching and always get help. And then that song, Brother, I tell you what a blessing that song was. Uh, just Think about heaven, amen. I was thinking about why he's singing that song. Uh, you know, it's good to be saved. Good to know you're going to heaven. You think about it. We're going to heaven with the best people that you could ever go to heaven with. I want everybody to be saved. I want everybody to be saved. And I believe everybody can be saved, amen. If you want to be saved, you can be saved. It's just that simple. And uh, but I will tell you, I believe the best people I've ever met in this life's been God's people. And uh, I'm so glad to be saved, be a part of the family of God, and I appreciate your pastor. I thank God for him, and just appreciate uh, this meeting, amen, and uh, so glad to be here. We left Arkansas this morning, that'll make you always be glad to be anywhere else, isn't that right? And uh, Brother Todd, I saw brother. I saw Bill and Hillary, they want me to tell you, they said hello, okay. And so, I uh, appreciate your faithful support, they said, down through the years, <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like somebody needed to laugh, you know. I'm nervous. I tell you, any time you got to preach behind Tim Fluor, you ought to be nervous. He comes to our meeting, people say, well, when's, brother, when's, he, when's he preaching? I said, every day. He's preaching every day. And, uh, and so, listen, I don't pray about whether or not he's going to preach. And God will have to tell me not to preach him, amen. I just wow. preach him every day, and it's always good and always right, and he always helps us, Amen. And uh, we met a few years back, and I count him a dear friend, and I just thank God for him. If you're able to stand with us tonight, 2 Samuel chapter 23, I'd like to read just a few verses and then have prayer, and then you can be seated. Verse number 1, the Bible said, Now these be the last words of David. David the son of Jesse said, And the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel said, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his words was in my tongue. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me. He that ruleth over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And he shall be as the light of the morning when the sun riseth, even a morning without clouds, as the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. Although my house be not so with God, yet he hath made with me an everlasting a covenant ordered in all things and sure for this is all my salvation and all my desire although he make it not to grow but the sons of belial shall be all of them as thorns thrust away because they cannot be taken with hands but the man that shall touch them must be fenced with iron and the staff of a spear they shall be utterly burned with fire in the same place let's bow for a word of prayer then you can be seated Our precious Heavenly Father, God, as we bow in your presence once again tonight, Lord, as we come to the throne of grace and mercy, we do come in Jesus' name. And God, we do thank you, Lord, for what our ears have heard tonight and our hearts have already felt in this place. I pray now for the next few moments you would give us liberty and vocabulary. Lord, I pray the Holy Spirit would do the work that no man can do and help us to receive with meekness the engrafted word. And God, may you be pleased with our worship tonight. And may we see no man save, Jesus only. And we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I think the last few chapters of Second Samuel, as well as all the Word of God, but I think these last few chapters, for some reason in my own heart, Uh, they seem to always just captivate me. When you come to Psalms chapter 20, or excuse me, 2 Samuel uh, chapter 22, we know that uh, this is the final psalm that David wrote. It was David's psalm that he wrote in the last days of his life, and it is the song of David. And then in chapter number 23, this chapter marks the soldiers of David, those that uh, were mighty men that stood with him and that stood faithful. And then chapter 4 ends with the sin of David. I wish that final chapter ended in another way in David's life. But the Bible always tells us exactly uh, what we need and tells us exactly how that things are in men's life. If I was writing the Bible, I probably wouldn't put any negatives in David's life. It would just be all positives. But I am glad that the Word of God uh, reveals men for who they are and as they are, as it does even in our own life. And David was certainly a mighty man of God. Amen. I mean when you think about the mighty men that are mentioned in chapter 23 the reason that these men were mighty is because they followed a mighty man and you know God gives us mighty men in these days uh, uh, but we too have a mighty man one that's much mightier than David uh, one that has no faults and has no flaws and has no failures Uh, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ he is uh, uh, the mightiest man that has ever lived amen Uh, but I'm interested in this first Phrase of chapter 23 when the Bible says here now these uh, be the last words of David when you think about the life of David uh, David was a watcher of sheep Uh, he was a warrior in the battle Uh, David was a worshipper before God he was a man after God's own heart Uh, David was a writer of the Psalms Uh, and David was a man that wept before other men Uh, we read about the tears of David uh, throughout the Psalms and throughout David's life uh, as we know that David suffered much affliction well uh, David has now come to the end of his journey he's come to the end of life uh, and in verse number 1 I want you to notice the identity of David Uh, David identifies himself as a son he said David the son of Jesse and he identifies himself as a sovereign he said the man who was raised up on high the anointed of God of Jacob and then he identifies himself uh, as a singer the sweet psalmist of Israel uh, said here and so we have the identity of David in verse number 1 and then in verse number 2 we do have the inspiration of David it was the spirit of the Lord that spake by him and gave him the word of God and so David was filled with the Holy Spirit Uh, the spirit of God came upon him and David gives us his identity and he gives us his inspiration and then when we get to verse number 3 throughout down to verse number 7 we see the instructions of David. Uh, David mentions three things here. He talks about the conduct of a ruler in verse number 3 he said the God of Israel said the rock of Israel spake to me he that ruleth over men must be just ruling in the fear of God. Uh, David was a man that knew uh, what it was to be a ruler. He knew what it was to be in leadership and so David talks about the conduct of a ruler and then David talks in verse number 5 about the covenant of God as he says although my house be not so with God yet hath he made with me an everlasting covenant amen you see David hadn't always been faithful but God had always been faithful Uh, David hadn't been without his faults Uh, but God had always been without his faults amen Uh, when David did not come Through. Uh, uh, David wants us to know that God has always come through. And you know that's true in our life. I've not always been faithful, but He has. Amen. I've not always been everything that I'm supposed to be, but He's been everything that I needed Him to be, and so much more. Amen. And when I have failed, uh, thank God He has never failed. Amen. And so David talks about uh, the covenant of God and the conduct of a ruler. And then he talks about the the character of the wicked in verse number 6 and 7 as he mentions here these sons of Belial he talks about their character so when you think about this text here these last words of David I was reading this just a few days ago and I thought about these last words uh, of David here and as David is uh, getting close to death uh, uh, perhaps he's even on his deathbed uh, he's just a few days away uh, from leaving this world uh, if not uh, but David has something on his mind. And I think we could sum it up tonight in just one word. It's the word leadership. Amen. Uh, David was a mighty man. He was a mighty warrior. He was a mighty king. He was a great leader of the nation of Israel. And David not only led the nation, but he led these men that are mentioned throughout chapter number 23. I think you would agree with me tonight uh, that David was a great leader. Amen. I know it's meet tonight, uh, uh, but this is just what's on my heart. Uh, I want to preach a few minutes tonight on this subject on the last words uh, of a great leader. Amen? The last words of a great leader. I think if there's anything that we're missing in these last days, uh, it's leadership. Amen? I'm telling you, leadership uh, has fallen, it seems like, on every level. I'm talking about the political level tonight. We're talking about the spiritual level. We're even talking about the, in our homes tonight there is a major lack of leadership when you think about leadership in 2023 I think we can describe it as weak amen I'm telling you friend there's a lot of weak leadership Uh, men are not the men that they used to be as a whole Uh, we've got an infeminate society that is coming up uh, a soft generation where everybody is ultra sensitive uh, and everybody seems like they're very touchy and nobody wants to just uh, draw the lines out like they used to be drawn I tell you, I thank God I was raised in a time when leadership was strong on the political level, on the spiritual level, and thank God even in the home. Amen. And when we look at this text tonight, we have to think about leadership as weak. Leadership has become worldly. Amen. Uh, brother in our churches today uh, the Bible talks about holy men of God you think about how many uh, preachers and people that are standing uh, men that are standing in our pulpits tonight uh, that do not qualify as a holy man of God now they'll call us legalistic and they'll say we're Pharisees uh, uh, but I still believe a man of God ought to be holy amen I believe you ought to have a prayer life Uh, He ought to have a work of knowledge of the scriptures Uh, He ought to have a burden for souls amen Uh, and he ought to be interested and sober minded in whatever God has called him to do Uh, but we've got a lot of puppets and performers and pansies uh, and we've got a lot of people today my friend uh, uh, politicians in the pulpit we got a lot of people today we got clowns in the pulpit it seems like we got everything performers in the pulpit Uh, but brother what we need uh, is some real leadership in our pulpits amen and we need it in our homes amen We need some dads that'll lead the home and family altar. And we need some dads that will get up on, uh, early on Sunday mornings and, and help get the family ready and get the family down to the house of God early for Sunday school. Uh, there's a major lack of leadership in the home, amen, and leadership, uh, uh, my friend, in the church. Uh, and on every level, we see that tonight. Uh, and David, this great leader that he is, uh, he gives us these last words. Uh, and in these last words, uh, he gives us some principles uh, or some things tonight that will help us concerning leadership I'll give them to you tonight and we'll be through I want you to notice with me first of all uh, that David in verse number 1 he talks about the raising up of leadership he said now these be the last words of David and notice what he said here he said David the son of Jesse and what David tells us here is that leadership must begin small amen you see when God gets ready uh, to raise a man up uh, he starts on a low level amen he starts with that leader being small uh, David was just a shepherd boy out in the field uh, when Samuel came and anointed him that day and he didn't leave the field and go to the throne amen he went right back out tending those sheep uh, uh, God started him out small and that's where leadership begins uh, uh, when God begins to raise a man up uh, you never know who God's going to put his hand on uh, you never know who God's going to pick out somewhere uh, uh, God finds people in obscure places. Uh, he finds men uh, uh, that may not look as qualified as other men, uh, uh, but they're small in their own eyes. Uh, uh, they're little in their own perspective. Uh, and because of their humility, uh, God is able to take them and he's able to use them for his honor and for his glory. Amen. Amen and the raising up of leadership, here we see that it must be small. And then we see it must be in stages. Look what the Bible says here. The Bible says that the man who was raised up on high. Now tonight, when we read that phrase, we think about David the king. But God didn't take him as I said out of the field and put him in the throne. The raising up process uh, was a long time of development. Uh, David didn't become the king that he was uh, by just walking out of a field one day and tending sheep no he had to be a soldier he had to be a warrior he had to be a fugitive uh, uh, David had to run uh, listen he had to, uh, to run for his life uh, he had to know what it was to be in a cave uh, he had to feel what it uh, know what it was to be betrayed uh, uh, to be hated to be tracked down uh, uh, David went all through all these things in life uh, and God was using that it it was the process that God used uh, in raising him up uh, you see the problem today is uh, we got a lot of people that want to be in charge uh, we got a lot of people that want to be chief uh, uh, but they don't want to go through the process uh, and they don't understand the process uh, and what David says here is that the raising up of leadership it begins small and then it must be in stages uh, but it must be sovereign amen uh, the Bible says here that he is the anointed of God of Jacob amen you see tonight when it comes to leadership you don't choose leadership it chooses you and tonight if you're a pastor if you're a missionary if you're an evangelist God you didn't just sign up for this if you did you need to unsign amen if you volunteered you need to find something else if you've not been called amen if God's called you I think there aren't many that's got the title but they've never been called amen and they would do uh, 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 themselves they'd give themselves a lot of peace uh, if they'd just be honest about it and just get out of the ministry and get them a job uh, and just work a good job and and help support others that have been called amen and I'm telling you listen if you've been called of God and if God kind of counted you faithful and he put you in the ministry you didn't choose it it chose you amen and if God's raised you up to be a leader uh, to follow and to serve him uh, you ought to give him hundred and fifty percent amen it must be sovereign and then it must be seen by others amen notice the Bible says here that he's the sweet psalmist of Israel now David didn't write all the psalms but he wrote more psalms than anybody else And David didn't give himself this title. Others gave David this title. Amen. Uh, We live in a day when it seems like a lot of people have given themselves names. Amen. They've given themselves titles. Uh, But that's not leadership. Uh, Leadership does not brand itself. Amen. Uh, David was given this title because others saw him that way. They saw him as the sweet softness of Israel. I'm telling you tonight testimony matters. Amen. How we live and what others Say about us uh, and what others think about us. Uh, it's very vital, it's very important. And as God is He's raising up a leadership, uh, as He's raising you up in the ministry, as God is putting that ministry together, we must constantly be aware of what others think about us uh, and how they see us tonight. It's not how I want others to see me. But do others see me the way God sees me tonight? And leadership. Must be seen by others. And then leadership must be spirit filled. Notice he said in verse 2. The spirit of the Lord spake by me. And his word was in my tongue. The spirit of God was on David. And when you think about this text tonight, God sovereignly raised him up. Now, I'm not a Calvinist tonight, uh, by no means, uh, uh, but I believe in the sovereignty and the providential hand of God. And when you look at David's life, you know that God was working providentially in his life And God's sovereign hand. No matter what Saul tried to do, he couldn't take David down because God wasn't going to let that happen. Amen? Uh, God was going to take care of David. And preacher, God's going to take care of you. Uh, you just got to be faithful you just got to stay in the place that God has put you in and labor where God has put you Uh, uh, but you've got to be filled with the Holy Spirit I know in the Old Testament that the Spirit of God came upon men and that he did not indwell them Uh, but David is a good example tonight of you and I and how that we need to be led by the Spirit and we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit if we're ever going to be the leader that God wants us to be I'm telling you tonight husband uh, you need to be a Spirit filled man amen you need to be a spirit filled husband you need to be a spirit filled dad hey listen tonight mother as you lead those children you need to be a spirit filled mother amen every preacher every missionary every evangelist every pastor uh, we ought to major on being filled with the Holy Spirit that means we've got to be filled with the scriptures and we've got to surrender and we've got to walk with him Uh, it's important amen that we don't let carnality rule our life that we don't let worldliness get a hold of us Uh, that we don't let self get a hold of us tonight we must be filled with the spirit of god every day of our life amen Amen. everything jesus did in his public ministry he did not do it in his own power and his own strength but he did it through the power of the holy spirit when the spirit of god descended upon him that day in his baptism a christ the bible said then he was led up by the spirit in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil and Jesus showed us how to have a spirit filled ministry and tonight there's a major lack of this uh, uh, today in leadership uh, with all the how to's and and, uh, 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 methods and things and I'm not against some of that stuff tonight but hear me well Uh, the greatest method we'll ever have is to get up every day and get full of God and walk in the spirit and live in the spirit and be filled with the spirit amen you don't hear as much preaching on that anymore you know why Uh, because men don't live in it anymore Uh, my friend you don't have to today uh, because our churches they may be good churches uh, they may be great churches uh, but they're not spiritual churches like they used to be and friend I'm telling you listen that's what we need in this hour we don't need great choirs and good choirs we need spirit-filled choirs Uh, we need spirit-filled Sunday school teachers Uh, your class needs you to walk in on Sunday morning having been with God uh, having not just some stale quarterly uh, lesson but you need something tonight to, uh, that's fresh uh, and something that's got a touch on it, amen. To, excuse me, tonight you don't have to just be a preacher uh, to be filled with the Spirit. I'm telling you tonight, it is the will of God that every person be saved, that uh, every person be separated from this world, and that every person be Spirit-filled tonight the raising up of leadership, he talks about that in this verse. And then in verse number three and four, he talks about the responsibility of leadership tonight. To whom much is given, much is required. David tells us in this text tonight that leadership has a responsibility. And that responsibility, number one is to be conscious. Notice what he said. The God of Israel said, The rock of Israel spake to me. You see tonight we have to be conscious that just that God may have put you in a place of leadership tonight but you've got to be conscious of the fact that we have a responsibility that what we say and what we do had better be what God said. Amen. Uh, We cannot govern by our own will. We cannot govern by our own authority but it must be the authority of thus saith the Lord and that we have to be conscious every day. Amen. God when you get in the pulpit to preach we've got to be conscious that we have a responsibility ability not to tell people what we want to say not to say what we think or what we believe but to tell them what the book says amen and brother there's a major lack of Bible preaching in these days in a lot of places and a lot of people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge but my friend we've got a book that's still perfect we got a book that's still powerful and I'm telling you we ought to dig in it we ought to preach it amen preach it line upon line precept upon precept and you've got to be filled with the word of God. You can't be filled with everything else and then get up and and preach the word of God. But we must give ourselves wholly unto the scriptures and be filled with the word of God in order to help others. Amen. And we have to be the responsibility to be conscious, amen, that it's what God says. And the responsibility to be controlled by that spirit, amen. And he says here, he that ruleth over men must be just, uh, ruling in the fear of God. We have a responsibility tonight to be clear that our ruling, that our leadership be in such a way that it is right. You know tonight doing the right thing may not be the popular thing. Doing the right thing may not grow your church. It might split your church. I'm not for splitting churches tonight. Doing the right thing may not mean getting support at that church. Doing the right thing may not book you another revival meeting. I'm saying tonight our, our ruler our, our decision making the responsibility is that we be clear that we do it in the fear of God we are to serve him in the fear of God look at verse number 4 he said and he shall be as what the light of the morning when the sun riseth even a morning without clear clouds it's to be clear as the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain a judgment must be just it must be right and then it must be clear hey that's what we need in this hour truth uh, has fallen in the streets uh, and we need leadership uh, uh, that provides uh, a clear message amen I'm telling you when it comes to preaching it needs to be clear amen it needs to be plain Uh, nothing needs to be blended amen Uh, nothing needs to be blurred Uh, our scriptures needs to be right we're still King James only amen Uh, I'm talking about our standards needs to be clear when people come they need to know where we stand Uh, I'm talking about tonight our songs need to be clear Uh, people need to know uh, what kind of music we sing and what kind we listen to Uh, uh, listen everything Uh, there needs to be clear lines Uh, I'm telling you I think about when I was growing up as a teenager and I'd go to camp meetings preacher and men of God got up and preached Uh, hey can I tell you something they were clear amen I like it that way don't you I'm talking about crystal clear I'm talking about shame for a man to have long hair. They preached on it. And if you had long hair, uh, they would come to the pew you was at and stand there and preach about 10 minutes uh, uh, because uh, they wanted to make sure that you was getting what they were saying. Amen. Now, I know some people can't swallow that uh, uh, but it sure didn't hurt me. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you friend, they was clear in their message. Uh, uh, listen, when they preached on hell, uh, they was clear. When they preached on sin, they didn't generalize it. They was clear. They cataloged it. They called it out. Uh, I thank God for growing up here in that kind of preaching. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you as a teenager, in the battle of my life I'm glad they some men of God that got down where I was and took that old black back book and felt like they had a responsibility a personal responsibility to get me out of the wilderness amen and to get me across Jordan in the land of Canaan I'm telling you tonight it still works and preaching still gets a job done and plain preaching will still help people it'll still help this generation hallelujah But it needs to be clear, doesn't it? And tonight we have a responsibility. People need to know what we believe, why we believe it. They need to know where we stand tonight. There was a time when you preached on sin and everybody said amen. And preachers shouted louder than anybody. Well, about the quietest place you go nowadays is a preacher's meeting. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Brother Todd, I'd rather preach to a bunch of inmates, prisoners, as I would preachers in a lot of places. I mean, listen, it's a whole lot more life on the inside of that prison than all these dead preachers meetings, Amen. I mean, listen, they're sizing you up before you even get started. You wonder why you even get invited. Amen? Uh, they're sizing you up. Uh, and if their buddy says amen, they'll say amen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, and then they're not impressed with anything that we got to say. They've done seen every sermon and outline on the internet from here to yonder and probably done preached half of them anyway. Uh, and so they're not impressed. Uh, I'll tell you, friend, we need some leadership uh, uh, that'll still be clear. And as men of God, we need to back each other up. Uh, uh, when somebody's, preaching we need to say amen it don't cost nothing to throw a hand up it don't cost nothing to stand with a brother as he's in the trenches preaching amen and hey church member when your man of God gets up if you shout when he preaches on salvation and you shout when he preaches on the second coming you ought to dig in the trenches when he preaches on separation and you ought to say amen you ought to back him up because it's just as much Bible as anything else amen amen I don't understand that crowd that wants to shout when you talk about the second coming and then they get locked jaw when you talk about living right. Hey, man, I'm telling you in light of the rapture it ought to make us want to be separated. It ought to make us want to live right. It ought to make us want to do right. Hey if we're going to have revival we're going to have to preach on sin. And if we're going to have revival we're going to have to get back to supporting those that do preach on sin. Amen. Amen. I'm talking about the responsibility of leadership is to be clear tonight. Then what about the reality of leadership? Look at what the Bible says in verse number 5. The reality is that leadership is not perfect. Although my house be not so with God. The reality of failure. David mentions his failure. Can I tell you tonight I'm glad if there's anything David had to say in this passage I'm glad that David got real and he was honest enough to tell us that his house be not right with God. Now we know that from reading the scriptures. But here's a man that loved God so much. Here's a man that one of his greatest psalms was written out of repentance over some of the most heinous sins that could ever be committed. And David is he's getting ready to depart He lets us know that David was a failure. That David didn't follow through exactly the way that he should have. I want to say tonight we must face the reality as men of God that it doesn't matter who we are it doesn't matter how many giants you've slain it doesn't matter how many battles you won it doesn't matter how many people chant your name uh, as they did David the opportunity or should I say the tragedy of failure could be at our doorstep tomorrow we all know men of God that have stood and preached and God has used them and they've had power and they've provided great leadership in so many ways uh, uh, but sin Got a hold of the up. I tell you tonight, it ought to put fear in every man of God's heart for me and my friend uh, that were greater than you and I ever thought about, uh, that God used across this nation, even around the world. Uh, we heard the sad stories. We got the sad reports uh, of how they've fallen off into sin. Uh, I tell you tonight, I want to finish right, don't you? Uh, I tell you, I just want to stay faithful. I don't want to mess up in the last leg of the journey. I'm telling you tonight, we ought to be a conscience and we ought to be aware that every single one of us could fail tonight you know when you hear of somebody falling into sin I'm not talking about covering something up I'm not talking about if a man was in sin and brother Billy was having him to come preach revival there's a moral obligation there not talking about that I'm talking about table talk. That when somebody falls into sin, you know the best thing we could do is not talk about it. To pray for them. I don't know how you feel about it, but it's discouraging when somebody falls into sin and a preacher can't wait to get on the phone or go to the next meeting and say, did you hear about so and so? Now if you want that title, you go ahead. If you want to be the one that, that delivers the message, you go ahead and you be the messenger. I'll tell you, that's one message I don't want to be toting around. I don't want to be telling everybody you know if it was me tonight you know what I'd want? I'd want somebody to pray for me. I'd want somebody listen I'm not talking about covering it up tonight uh, but I'd want somebody to pray for me. I wouldn't want somebody to go out and plaster it everywhere and tell everybody and let it be the topic of the next meeting or somewhere you say why should we not do that? Uh, Because the Bible said brethren if a man be overtaken in a fault uh, uh, ye which are spiritual restore such a one. I'm not talking about when they're disqualified but restore such a one in the spirit of meekness considering thyself lest thou be tempted you know you may put a target on your back by telling everybody else what everybody else has done you may be putting a bullseye on your back you say what do you do preacher you pray for them you try to restore them where you can now think about the Reality of leadership is that, uh, the reality of failure. But then there's the reality of David's future. Look what he said. He, I like that one word there you ought to circle it. It's the word yet. Although my house be not so with God yet, he hath made an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire. David, my friend, faced the reality of his failure. But he faced the reality of his future. That though David had blundered and messed things up, God was still going to keep his covenant. God was still going to keep his promise. I I want to tell you tonight, it's not about me. And it's not about you. And the reality, my friend, of leadership is that we all are failures at times. We all come up short. Amen. There's nothing good about really any of us tonight. And anything in our ministry that's ever been good, God had to do it. Amen. I'm telling you tonight I don't have anything that I can stand here and boast about tonight there's not anything that I can lift myself up tonight I'm telling you God pulled me out of the hell holes of this old world and thank God he put the King James Bible in my head and Jesus in my heart but I'm still a failure tonight I still live in this old house of clay and I'm glad my friend that in spite of me God still works and God still moves he doesn't do anything based on merit, but he does it based on mercy tonight and my friend listen everything that's ever been done in our ministry it's all because of him tonight hey, amen see tonight we're missing it in our day and time we got a lot of young men coming up and they're not all of them they're some good ones there's a lot of them coming up that they think this is all ministry is Account meeting a flashy suit, a face on a poster somewhere. I want to tell you tonight, that is not what ministry is. Ministry is serving in places that are unknown to most people. Ministry is is preaching somewhere in a nursing home of people who have been faithful and served God that have been forgotten by society but opening that book and preaching to them as if you would thousands uh, and encouraging them in the final stretch of their life uh, uh, that God is still with them hey uh, ministry is going to a corner somewhere uh, and preaching the gospel in open air uh, as people drive by Uh, ministry is going somewhere to the prisons uh, uh, to those that are forgotten behind bars uh, and going from cell to cell and giving the gospel and preaching the gospel a hey, ministry tonight and leadership is going to those places maybe pastoring that church that's had 25 pastors in 28 years but for some unknown reason God has put you there to help turn the tide and it's not some a place that anybody else would want to go to but it's a place that God puts you and you need to stay there and you need to plow your field and you need to be the leader God wants you to be and you need to be the preacher of that community it doesn't matter if there's results you just need to dig in the trenches and stay where God wants you to be and let God be who he is and you be who you are hallelujah and God will remember that I'm talking about the reality of leadership then notice the reality of his folly the Bible says here in verse number 5 David said though he made it not to grow there's consequences for sin tonight. And David knew that better than anybody. And then finally, I want you to notice the resistance of leadership tonight. You know, if you are placed in a position of leadership, it doesn't matter how hard you try, offenses are going to come. Resistance will be there. David talked about resistance in verse 6 and 7. The sons of Belial There's always somebody that's going to go against leadership. There's always going to be somebody that doesn't see eye to eye. You cannot pastor a church where everybody is going to be happy. Amen. I'm telling you, if you pastor that church, uh, I don't know what to say about that, but I've never run into one. Amen. I guarantee you. Listen, my church voted me in 25 years ago, and I told them, there's no second vote. Amen. I mean, these guys that say, well, uh, we're going to get a vote of confidence, not me. You got one shot 25 years ago. You had your choice. And if you're not happy, you're just stuck with me like I am you. Amen. Uh, uh, but we're not doing it a second time. Can I get an amen right there? You say, why? Because some of them may not be happy. Amen. Uh, uh, they just going to have to live with the consequences of the decision they made. Amen. Uh, but I'm telling you, friend, uh, uh, we're living in a time uh, uh, when there's a lot of resistance. Uh, and there's a lot of people backing up. If there's a lot of people bowing down and man of God you hold it tight and you hold it right you hold the line amen I know it's not a shouting message tonight but I'm telling you in this hour amen in these final days when we're closer now than we've ever been you stay the course in spite of the resistance you say well what do I do I'll tell you what you do you hit it head on and you go on for the glory of God and you keep pressing on and my friend there's going to be somebody that's going to resist you you got to stay with it I'll tell you what David said about those who resist he said they're cursed he said they are as thorns they're cast away they're thrust away he talked about these uh, uh, that go against uh, leadership. And I want to say this tonight. I would doubt, uh, dare say, there's probably nobody sitting here, uh, Brother Ray, uh, in this camp meeting tonight. Uh, uh, but if you're here tonight and you're crossed up with a preacher, if you're here tonight and you're crossed up with a preacher's wife, uh, you need to get in this altar, number one, and get right with God. And then number two, you need to go get right with your man of God. Amen? You say, well, I, I don't. I, what if I don't do that? I'll tell you what will happen. Uh, uh, God will put you six foot under. Amen. Uh, you're going to pay a high price uh, if you go against a man of God always walking around uh, uh, mumbling about something, grumbling about something that's going on. Uh, I'll tell you where you'll reap that. Uh, uh, you'll reap it through your children. Amen. Uh, you'll reap the heartache uh, of the poison that you've uh, spread to other people. You know listen your chickens will come home to roost uh, in the lives of your children uh, and you'll have that heartache all the days of your life. Uh, people don't fear God's men like they used to uh, and we don't hear stories like we used to uh, but it's still true Uh, uh, we ought to fear uh, putting our hands on a man of God God will turn you into a curse you go against the preacher you say well I didn't say it to him I said it to somebody else God heard it he wrote it down and he will remember it tonight preacher you got to keep standing that family left you because you did what was right, keep pressing on. We've all had people leave. That, pe- that man came in, that lady came in and stirred the devil up and took some folks and went down the road somewheres. You just got to keep pressing on. You got to stay where God put you. You can't get bitter, as the preacher said. That's just what leadership is. Somebody comes in and they love you and you think they're going to be there the rest of uh, you're going to serve Jesus together the rest of your life uh, and then they pull out and they gut you and they go down the road uh, and maybe 20 or 30 other people go and you just can't get over it you're going to have to get over it you're going to have to go on you're going to have to let God help you amen uh, you can't listen set and saw for the next decade uh, over something that happened uh, you just got to press on uh, because with leadership comes resistance amen uh, but I'll tell you what God will do uh, there will be a another force behind you uh, uh, that'll help you when that resistance is there. uh, God will give you the grace to press on uh, and God will give you the power and God will protect you. Amen. Got to keep going. Then I'll say this in closing tonight. Leadership, I'm talking about the resistance of it. It must be controlled. Look what the Bible said in verse 7. But the man that shall touch them must be fenced with iron and the staff of a spear. Hey, some people, you're just going to have to battle them. Hey, some people, you're going to have to take a stand. But the man that takes a stand is going to have to be fenced with iron. You may be here tonight and say, Preacher, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a Sunday school teacher. What can I do? when it comes to leadership I'm going to tell you what you can do you can stand in front of your man of God and his wife and you can be an iron fence when he has to put his hands on those see there's some people that will say well I'm just not going to get involved no you're going to have to get involved you're going to have to take a stand you're either for us or against us can I get an amen right there you're either on our side or their side is that right he said well, I'm on no side. No, uh, silence, my friend, is consent. You say, why are you preaching this, Brother Gravity. I wanted to preach on Calvary. But I was sitting there and God said, no, you're going to preach on leadership tonight. I said, okay, Lord, you already got me preaching behind Tim Fleur. If that ain't bad enough. But I'm going to tell you something tonight. Every preacher in this building, every missionary, every evangelist knows, every pastor knows what I'm about to say is true you go from church to church and place to place there's a lot of men tired and their wives are tired if you're a church member tonight you listen to me you've never been a pastor you've never been a preacher's wife you have no idea what your pastor and his wife would have to go through I'm talking about in the best churches you have no idea the weariness just in the cares of them. You say, but I thought the ministry is great. It is. I want to tell you tonight, there's an oppression in these last days. On pre- you know why a lot of them are, are just giving in? They're tired of the battle. You know what I think tonight? They're not all compromisers. They're not all worldly people. I'll tell you why some men have quit. They don't have somebody to stand in their corner. Hey, preacher's wife, you don't never complain. I know sometimes we all complain, but don't ever complain to your, your husband about being involved in the ministry. You may share the burdens of the ministry, and you may complain about in the sense of, of going through something, but don't ever give him the idea that you don't want to be in the ministry. I'm telling you tonight, you support the man of God. You hold his hands up, and I believe a preacher's wife takes more abuse than a preacher ever t- takes. You ladies listen to me tonight. You better stand around, you preacher's wife. The responsibility of leadership, the resistance of leadership tonight. The last words of a great leader is to remind us of one thing, if anything, that leadership's not easy tonight. But God always takes care of those who follow his leadership. Do you know tonight, man of God, just like David, you're going to have to go through some hard times But God's going to take care of you. You may have have went through something just recently. But God's going to take care of you. You've got to stay in the fight. You've got to stay faithful. You've got to go through the hard times. It can't all be good, can it? I want it to be. I wished I could tell you every Sunday was a glorious Sunday. But some Sundays are not glorious. I wished I could tell you everything that we ever did at Bible Baptist Church, it just turned out good. No, some of it didn't turn out so good. But you got to stay. You got to preach when they're happy. You got to preach when they're mad. You got to preach when they're fired up. You got to preach when they're tired, like some of you are tonight on Thursday night of meeting. You got to preach. You got to lead. You got to. You got to be in the forefront. God's put you there. And tonight, as we stand, our heads are bowed, eyes are closed.